previously on the follow-up showdown. It is time once again for a minute with McMaster. God damn, I hate this. So, two Travis McMaster minutes. Wow, man. Yeah, you always forget about this. Uh, It's because I don't like it. Um, Because there's a big conduit. Um, Paul, I hate this so much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think this is a great opportunity to announce my retirement from the McMaster minute. (laughs) I'm going to edit that retirement out. Go. Okay, so, um, Highlander. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start over. We did. We did. Absolutely. You don't understand the pressure of a McMaster minute. <laughs> Continuing completed classics. Fulfilling failed franchises. Reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's. The follow-up showdown, holiday throwdown. <laughs> Hello, ho, ho, and welcome to the follow-up showdown to Nerds in Quarantine Christmas Special Number One. Step right up here for your holiday cheer. I am your holiday host, Paul Getz, and with me are the cookies to my milk. Travis McMaster and Lauren Picorni. Seasons greetings, guys. Hey, hi. I'm a I'm a snowman shaped cookie. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't have a shape picked. <laughs> Well, uh, you're just one of the peanut butter chocolate balls. As a special carrot for Rudolph, we have an additional co-host today. My sister, Lauren Getz, who watched this movie with me last night. Thanks for owning a copy, Lauren. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I'm one of the few people left with the DVD collection, so. (laughs) (laughs) And to push the good tidings over the edge, we've got some Jingle Bell rock star guests with us today. Friends, actors, voice actors, cat owners, and one is a personal trainer, almost, Kelly Nineltowski and Mark Witten. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello, hello. So happy to be here. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. Your presence is a present. And speaking of presents, I did have that prepared. I'm going to start things off with a gift to Travis by assigning what is normally his McMaster Minute to Lauren Picorni in what will be the first lovely Lauren Picorni premise. A gift for a friend. Won't happen again. It's a lovely Lauren Picorni premise. Whoa! Are yeah. you ready, Lauren? To I break am. down the Oh, wait. Wow, I haven't even introduced the show yet. If <laughs> you're joining us. <laughs> uh, this is a show where we take a movie that has either no sequel or a disappointing sequel and each try our hand at pitching what would have been the ultimate one. So... We're going to start things off by having Lauren in one minute break down everything that happens in the movie we are talking about today, 1995's While You Were Sleeping. Are you ready, Lauren? I am ready. Okay, go. Okay, Sandra Bullock plays Lucy Monaratz. She works at the L in Chicago, and she has a regular every day who she has fallen in love with from a distance. One day, she sees him roughed up by some thugs. And he gets pushed on the tracks. So she runs to his rescue and grabs him and rolls him off the tracks. He's taken to the hospital in a misunderstanding. A nurse thinks that she's his fiance. um, And this causes shenanigans with Peter, the unconscious man's family, who I did not say, but he's in a coma. 
Um, so they're all very loud and are very excited about Lucy. So Lucy goes along with it and shenanigans ensue. But Peter, man in the coma, has a brother who Lucy falls in love with along the way. And also one of their friends knows that she's not actually the fiance. Uh, but they decide to keep it a secret. Uh, Peter, I'm sorry, up. Lauren, that's your minute. This and is now, hard. Now you know what it's like. It's very uh, hard. I got like increasingly nervous as it went mm-hmm. on as I realized how bad I was doing. <laughs> in terms of anything not included in the minute about the movie that I can think of, she second and third act. <laughs> well, I mean, it was pretty much all in there. The family convinces the once comatose son, Peter, that he had amnesia and should remember his fake fiance. He kind of buys into that and then proposes to her. She's going to get married to him, but at the wedding, she confesses everything and that she's in love with the brother, Jack. And that's pretty much it, I think. Yeah, And And they they hook up. Jack proposes. Yeah, the whole family, to some extent, proposes. Yeah. With the notable exception of Peter. Yeah, the grandma's really into it. The proposal there. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was almost the grandma's proposal. Yes, it should be. He's she... going to do it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm letting him do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, Lauren, this was your suggestion for our Christmas episode. And I want to pose this question to everyone because I have mixed feelings on it. Is this a Christmas movie? Kinda. I consider it a Christmas movie. I watch, I've watched it every year at Christmas since like. Oh, I don't know, forever. I can't even recall whenever I wasn't doing that. Oh, I see. So I consider it a Christmas movie. Well, yeah. that's unusual criteria. I wouldn't consider Aliens a Thanksgiving movie, but we watched that almost every year. <laughs> On Thanksgiving? They're not Second, the same. Well, but you said it was a holiday movie because you watched it every holiday. And it also has Christmas in it. I would have led with that. Mm, I just assumed you knew that because you watched the movie. So you think Jurassic World is a Christmas movie then? No. But it has Christmas in it. So anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> How did we interrupt? That was so good. Uh, oh. I would say that no, this is not a Christmas movie. Just because it has Christmas in it, it doesn't really revolve around Christmas. And Christmas mm-hmm. is over like in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. I would say that it has a very effective Christmas scene in it where they're opening gifts. Mm-hmm. And an effective New Year's scene. I want to agree that it is because I always am one to argue that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And I think this might fall into that same category of an arguable Christmas movie. The movie does require this holiday season to take effect. I mean, the convergence of families, it's the perfect time for her to be alone and to feel that very deeply. Mm -hmm. that she is isolated and away from family now the fact that christmas is over like within 15 minutes (laughs) i would say that it it maybe isn't specifically a christmas movie but it revolves around the holiday season you know it it kind of encompasses uh into new year and then that starting of a new uh, of a new beginning right um and i'm not sure if the movie would function as well if it were placed on any other time of year I can't picture her during the summertime dipping her Oreos into her cat's milk. She'd be in better sports. Everyone would be much meaner. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would think in Chicago and Christmas time, everyone would be really mean anyway. There's no way of being happy in Chicago. It's cold. Any medical staff in this movie 
are totally mean. Every single doctor or nurse, except for like the one nurse, they're so mean. The one doctor that comes in and says, this is supposed to be family only. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Angry doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Like irrational. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough, the film was originally not supposed to be a Christmas movie. The studio wanted it set during the holidays as it would be easier to sell. Hmm. So I guess that was a latter addition. Easier to sell, not that it would actually... Wow, and here I am talking about how they made these decisions based on character. Well, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It was also originally a man pretending to be a comatose woman's fiancé, but the studio thought that would be too predatory. Not all studio notes are bad. I agree with that one because that was... uh something I considered for a, uh, a sequel. And I was like, no, it, it hits different if it's if it's a man with a woman in a coma. Interesting. Would that have been more of a spiritual sequel or, or characters connected to this movie? It probably would have had to be a reboot, if anything. Okay, sure. A reboot with Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is particularly shady, though, just the entire premise mm-hmm. of the movie anyways. That's the first thing that we notice, and maybe we're going to get into this later, but the first thing, because this is the first time we've seen the movie, but we're like, she's like just kind of going along with something that's a massive problem where she's fraudulently going to be this man's fiance and possibly benefit from this person who is uh, now in a long-term coma, but she seems to you know, do no wrong in her life whatsoever, and there's like a, a jaunty trumpet playing beneath all of these scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Whatever. And even I, the even the godfather who's just like, yeah, I overheard all the problems and the lies, but I'm not going to say anything to my family. It's shenanigans. You know, it was the 90s. And yeah, we spent a lot of the movie trying to figure out what instrument was playing. I, I like... <laughs> I decided on Oba. It was always that same theme, no yeah. matter, even when he's on the tracks about to be run over by the train, it's like, I just gives you that sense that everything's going to be okay, no matter yeah. what they do. I feel like in the 90s, comas and amnesia were thrown around like hotcakes. Yeah. It was a very hot time for... Ah, coma amnesia. You pop out of those in and out. No problem. Yeah. Build the plot around it. Why was he in a coma? I mean, he fell. He I guess he hit his head, but I'm hard, like, he I didn't guess. look very... A scratch was on his head. Oh, coma. Shiner. Going in to notes on this movie, it was originally titled Coma Guy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Why? You had a Sandler. <laughs> yeah. Titled Coma Guy? (laughs) Coma Guy, written by Daniel G. Sullivan and Frederick LeBeau. No other writing credits. Uh, I find it shocking because to me, the script, I'm not saying the movie doesn't have problems, but the script in itself seems pretty sharp. It's a lot of dialogue of family member, family member, family member, line, line, wit, wit, you know, reference, reference. It's very... Great characters. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised that these, you know, maybe they're playwrights or something, but I, 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 am, I was surprised to see that they're not regularly working, just for, especially in terms of the 90s, I feel like this stands out among romantic comedies. Maybe their, this was their dream, their dream project, like since <laughs> oh high God. school, they were going to tell Coma Guy. <laughs> I wonder if that, because the final line of the movie is, he asked when I fell in love with Jack and it was while you were sleeping. I wonder if that was 
always the original final line. No, the original final line was... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I must say, I I hate the title. And I'm I'm just surprised that they couldn't have come up with a a different one for it. I I just think that while you were sleeping, uh, very much to me elicits the idea that this movie is more about Peter. It, it doesn't add anything to the story that she fell in love with him while you were sleeping. Peter, who is basically a, almost a tertiary character in the movie. It just is odd that it revolves around him. And they even like coma guy again, it's like the person in the coma seems like the lead character. Unless since the movie was supposed to be a guy, then it's a guy taking advantage He's of comas. Right. Then maybe that makes more sense since our <laughs> lead character like is the coma guy. Situation. And in that he version, is. he's doing that all the time. Hanging around with coma he's like, he's like a He's like a, an ambulance chaser, but yeah. for comas. Yeah. Also, while you were sleeping, I literally thought for years, because I hadn't seen this movie, that, that was it was like a drama, like about a stalker because that does not sound like the oh. type of comedy to be like, while you were sleeping, it just sounds yeah, inherently creepy. That could totally be a name for a horror movie. Totally. I can see it. Not to linger too much on just the final moment of the film, but <laughs> it's maybe my biggest note that at the end of the film, they've just been married. Spoilers. Lucy and Jack, the brother, get married. And I guess take the L to their honeymoon. To, to Italy. Right. <laughs> they take that baby on a joyride. Well, and they have a banner that says just married at the back of the L, as well as, I guess, cans and stuff, stuff tied to it. Yeah. But even all of that, I'm more okay with than the fact that they are hanging out of the back of the train, kissing. Yeah. Also with, like, no it's one cute, watching right, them. Yeah. It's not, were, were they, like, yeah, right? <laughs> no one's waving. Like, if you really put the family in there, it would have made a little more sense. That's true. They're all on the train. Grandma's driving. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to actor's notes uh, for this movie. It was originally written for Demi Moore. Ooh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't necessarily see it. (laughs) (laughs) I I think she could have done it, though. She also doesn't have, like, Demi Moore, I would never believe her to be, like, a bumbling, oh, I can't speak up and tell people the truth for the entire week type of person. When Demi Moore was in mind, it was sort of trying to ride the coattails of Ghost because it was meant for Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. What? As sort of a revival of their chemistry, but mm. in a rom-com scenario. What chemistry? Oh, in oh. Ghost? Shots fired. You heard well, me. Well, oh. I mean, I guess they haven't I've seen always- Ghost in a minute, but... <laughs> These people don't love each other. Interesting. I mean, uh, I'm only yeah. really remembering Whoopi... And the, the best part and the pottery, and, yeah, and the pottery, the pot, which is I'm getting a little hot under the collar thinking about that scene. I mean, as as I recall, pretty Ew, effective. I'm here. Well, I mean, not actually, but <laughs> you know, I, it just in terms of its effectiveness, I, I, I think that that stands at least. But I don't remember necessarily. Messy. Sure, yeah, Messy. but yeah, they just I don't know. Yeah. Messy. Also, was Patrick Swayze... So Patrick Swayze, I'm assuming, was supposed to be Jack? Correct. Yes. Uh. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Did not work for you at all. No, that that would... mm -mm. Mm -mm. So then, after them, it was offered to Julia Roberts, who passed. This guy called it. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I, I I commented during the film, too. I was like, dare I say it, I think she probably would have been a better choice. Wow. Sorry, Sandra. Sorry. Controversial I like episode. you. I like you a lot, but I like yeah. Julia Roberts in that role. Okay. Okay. I guess I just, I just, I guess I just don't see the normal girl thing for Julia. She's less girl next door than Sandra Bullock. Like, Sandra Bullock has, like, that, like, that, like, easy, um witty softness where julia roberts i feel and everything i'm thinking of her in she has a pretty sharp edge to her to her characters someone hasn't seen mystic pizza i have not i mean that's you know that's young julia and also girl next door is the term i was searching for i will i will use that appropriately from now on when julia was uh in consideration matthew mcconaughey signed on for jack Hmm. Um, and was, yeah, I could, but yeah. was dropped because of his accent. Oh, does McConaughey have an accent? <laughs> <laughs> the next pair, I think, I'm very excited to see you guys' reactions because it feels very comfortable for me. And, and I'm going to explain something else in a second. But offered afterward, before it came, Sandra and Bill to Gina Davis and Harrison Ford. One thousand percent no. No, absolutely not. No, not in a million years. Oh. I am. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, hold I'm on, shocked. everybody. I'm shocked Let's by that. Remember? Can we remember for a second, Sabrina, before we go stampeding towards the nose? Well, oh, you mean Harrison? Harrison yeah, I, is the no, or yeah. Gina's the no? I think Harrison's a yes. I could see him as Jack. As Jack very much. I see Harrison. Gina was the no. No, I don't think Gina is a, for me. I, to me, <laughs> because to me, Gina splits the difference between a Sandra and a Julia, perfectly. Yeah, she's fun loving like Sandra, but you know, looks like Julia. Oh. <laughs> I mean, well, what was everyone's problem? Yeah. What was everyone's problem? I don't like that pairing. Yeah, I don't like them That's together. Fair. First of all, I feel like Harrison Ford and Gina Davis together is weird. Okay. Romantically, yeah. I don't see that at all. Also, like. Harrison Ford to me, and not in everything, but like there's this, there's a certain suaveness that I think he's mm. above Jack in this. Oh, um, yeah, you know? yeah, that was going to be my point because Harrison's the no for me. I, I'm not as acquainted with Gina Davis, uh, but but when you said Harrison Ford, I was like, Mm-mm-mm. no, he yeah. he just doesn't seem like he'd fit the bill for for Jack. Uh, as a character, yeah. he's 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 got too much of this independent uh, kind of uh, give zero yeah. craps. Uh, are we allowed to swear on this show? Yeah, I get it. Not yeah. he would because I, I could see him building furniture mm-hmm. and being, which is the, funny because he was actually a carpenter. Right. Yeah, if Harrison Ford played um, Jack, he would have already told his father yeah. that he wanted to leave the business. Oh, and it would have yep. opened that is a, yeah. also. I, I feel like he and Gina Davis would like butt heads. I don't know. I feel like they they're both too big of personalities and they wouldn't they wouldn't have good chemistry. Yeah, I don't Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock are really taking a beating during this one. Hmm. I well, I like them. Yeah, but you've indirectly called them both soft spined cowards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Sandra is just a consummate professional. I think she would do anything. And as far as Bill goes, he just doesn't have that many character credits to his name. I'm glad he has this. I'm glad he has a, a rom-com lead like this. Uh, he, he's he's been president. around. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was in A Little Girl with Gina Davis. Yeah, he's he's in it. He was in The Grudge and Scary Movie 4. He's a team okay. player. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I don't think he has another romantic lead. Am I wrong about I'm that? Aware of, but I don't know his filmography very much. Okay. I keep picturing Kevin Klein movies, so I guess you're right. Yeah, no. <laughs> wow. I, we've never spent this long on actors' notes. This is a uh, this is a record. Lots of thought. You got a other- talkers here. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So okay, before we start pushing things towards the pitches, yeah. Any other thoughts that anybody has on this film? This was both of your guys' first time seeing it, Mark and Kelly. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. did have. I think one of the funniest randomest things I've ever seen in a movie that had me laughing, like doubled over on the couch. We had to rewind it a, a few times. A few times when they're <laughs> towards the, can't wait. Before the movie before the wedding. Uh, Jack is waiting at the elevator with Peter in the wheelchair and they're talking <laughs> about the squirrels and it's just here. Do you want to be Jack? Be, I'll be, no, you be Jack. I'll be, you, know, okay. you know the thing. So, so you're Peter yeah. and I'm Jack. I, I threw a rock at the nest. And then I saved them. Ugh. <laughs> 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 what what like, about that struck y'all as random? The the way he Just, goes. Yeah. I mean that's really funny because it's like Peter. Like the way he I says it, like he's just Well, you had a similar reaction. Uh, that's a really fucked up the, thing well, to do. A, a lifelong lie. He's yeah. he was in the credit for saving for squirrels. It's so serious. It just came out of nowhere. And then just the reaction that like Jack, who's supposed to be a more like grounded guy and his reaction is (laughs) as far as Peter goes in general for, for me, for my money, first of all, I enjoyed that. I had seen this movie once before the first time I remember just being sort of shocked at the audacity of the premise and her just not telling the truth. This time around, I was over and over again given more justification than I remember. She's not just told by the family friend. She's told by, like, three separate people. Well, just stay in it. Just keep lying to him. Like, <laughs> also ridiculous that her, yeah. her boss, who apparently doesn't have an office, just can <laughs> outside. Uh, he's when she's like, hey, I'm just I'm I'm lying my way into this. Uh, this dream guy's uh, fiance and his entire family thinks as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, what's the big deal? And yeah. I, was, I, I nearly like tossed the remote. I was like, what's the big yeah. deal? Who writes that? <laughs> He completely changes his tune. Yeah. By the next time you see him, though, he's a hundred percent on the other side. His arc is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the audacity of the concept is what you were. Yes. Well, and again, I was given more reasons than I remember, at least in terms of people literally telling her to do it. Mm-hmm. Also, I think to some extent we are supposed to buy a little more into than I did the first time. How? desperately lonely she is yeah at the end when she's confessing Mm -hmm. she's like i have just been so lonely and like i just grew to love this family i felt it more then when she was like saying it but i'm like i didn't feel that early on to to justify what you were doing i didn't feel like they they built that up enough in the beginning to be like yeah i understand why she's not saying anything everyone with respect entered into this movie entirely incorrect. <laughs> what well, this whole conversation to me sounds like y'all walked out of a Marvel movie and went, but but you wouldn't be able to fly for real. Mm-hmm. 
Like, no, of course not. That's what you accept going into the picture is that Sandra Bullock is going to drop her oranges <laughs> and fall onto a man. And he's there. everyone's going to do some kind of really horrible stuff. And we're all going to go, wah, wah, it's cute. Yeah. Like, may, I don't know. Maybe I've just been watching this my whole life. But, like, this just feels like like none of these things ever bothered me. I'm like, yeah, it, it's it's perhaps a little outlandish, but it, it was just like a 90s movie. Well, like that's, that's what we were doing. I should then. point out that the way Lauren and I met was through a series of intricate lies. <laughs> they do give you that intro about her dad and sort of that he instilled that it would be meant, it was meant to be with his mom and everything was magical and you'll experience that kind of magic one day, that kind of thing. And then so to some extent, I guess you could also buy into the notion that she is sort of like following true love. You know, this is the man she feels that with already. And then by happenstance, she ends up in this situation. It's possible that to some extent she's justifying, like, maybe I'm supposed to be here. Well, I mean, also, who hasn't, like, gotten enamored with, like, a a person they've seen a lot and just been, like, you know, like, just been, like, hmm. I don't think that would it doesn't feel like I probably really don't. It. I wouldn't think that, like, her falling in love with, with uh, Peter is is weird like mm. it's, it's weird in a way but like for a movie like rom-com purposes i'm like yeah it's the it's the attractive guy that she sees all the time and she's developed this fantasy in her mind but the the not saying anything was the thing but i think you bring up yeah. a good point though like if i had seen this as a kid and and liked it then i feel yeah. like i would absolutely be able to justify it because that was my first time seeing it but seeing it for the first time in 2020, I'm like, what the, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a fun, it, it's like a fun, ridiculous movie, but, but also it is, it's just a nineties romantic comedy. So, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be yeah. deep, but I, I laugh at how ridiculous the premise is as well. So that's just like for like the longest time, movies were just based around people just not saying anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what we were doing for a long time. I do appreciate in this movie their use of the scramble. Like, they use it well. Other movies use it, I think, a little bit um, less well than this one. Like, when she's told he doesn't have a cat, and then the cat shows up at the right moment to save her oh, and stuff like that. My. And, and, Oh, oh, one of my favorite devices this movie employed was her box of secret knowledge that the the orderly gives her. He's like, here's his effects. And it's just a box of like, she can just yeah. pull an object out and go like, I know a secret about about Peter. Well, now. and the happenstantial man that approaches <laughs> her outside of the elevator to tell her all about the time that he ripped off his friend's testicle with a pencil and is still upset that the friend blames him for it. I don't play basketball, <laughs> not to surprise anybody. But A, I don't know what kind of basketball playing shorts have <laughs> back pockets. I don't know why just being a lawyer means you would carry a sharp object in your very thin basket. Like, I don't understand. side up. Yeah, you'd leave so it like, in your... Was he, like, you know how, like, in basketball when they get up behind each other and they're, like, doing that thing? Like, I can't... Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. yeah, like guarding. Yeah. Like, was that how it mm. happened? He was like, mm, mm. God, I'm on that court. <laughs> My God. God, yeah. That makes me want to watch like a few good men, like a serious movie with lawyers, and be like, yeah. how many times yeah. do they take pencils out? You're out. But for the fun of the movie that 
we all agree that it has for in spades i think the the fun of this movie the the family alone yeah you know delightful but for my money the mvps of this movie are peter because he has this amazing arc that i've never seen anybody else have in which he is assigned amnesia that he doesn't actually have which gives him these amazing reactionary moments like, do I like Jell-O? A, B, C, D, E, F, T. And Joey Jr. Yeah. For me. Thank you. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen the movie, he's not really worth mentioning in the minute, but Sandra's downstairs neighbor, who is a just a charmingly lascivious loser and... That's so, that's perfect. Charmingly <laughs> lascivious. He was definitely doing some messed up stuff that the movie just goes like, what a scam. And yeah. it's, and that actor sells the scam. So every single line he says, he knocks it out of the park. In, in another actor's hands, that, that every, that character could have fallen completely flat. I wanted the best the for him. I was so happy for him when he had that girlfriend for one scene. What an outfit on her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He was so sad when it didn't work out. But then Sandy let him try on her shoes. That's true. Supportive. Mm. They're buddies. Yeah, I did like that um, just sort of, uh, you know, nobody really scoffed at it, or especially for the 90s, the fact that he just liked women's shoes. He had a little bit of a cross-dressing streak, and that was just part of him. That was great. I like when his hat well i was just gonna say back to the boss like she needed to just stop asking him questions because it was everything was just like a hit you're the only one without a family lucy like she goes to him with her problems and he just has no advice he's basically throwing his hands up just going like lucy i just wanted you to work christmas i don't <laughs> be doing anything you're doing i don't know what you want from me <laughs> That's why he changed his tune so quickly. He's trying to get her to just leave him alone. Yeah, he's just like, not invested. I, yeah. Yeah. I got work to do. He says that. The- I also love how the invitation she gives him is like a yellow flimsy <laughs> translucent paper. So <laughs> That's her oh, wedding yeah. invitation. It well, was- also, why, uh, hey, why are they getting married immediately? Uh, like he just reproposed. Peter has had a sea change in his life. I think maybe we were worried about like grandma was really invested in this wedding and we're maybe worried about mm. when she okay. she's gonna be able Braille, to rail though no yeah, she seemed pretty great like on it i'm just trying to hey i'm just trying to answer your questions for you and i do appreciate also as part of peter's arc that he he because he's assigned amnesia he believes he's having this reawakening where he wants to be a better man and all this stuff and I like that we don't see that arc completed. Because Peter's meant to be portrayed as a shallow, vapid, right. rich asshole. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. He hasn't actually changed at all. He just, right. like everything else with him in the movie, is essentially told that he has. Yeah. He's even told he's no longer interested in being married to the woman he proposed to. He's sort of like a like a like a bimbo is just sort of looking around. He's like, okay, well, technically, yeah. she moved to Portugal and was yeah. married. Yeah, which is yeah. Was married. Yeah. So I I feel a little <laughs> bad for the guy. And look right. at sorry, go on. Yeah, mean. That's true. Oh, lucky, lucky him though. That that cat was beautiful. Super cute. Oh yeah. Little, little, little angry, angry face. 
<laughs> yeah, I could have I could have used a little bit more of Sandra's cat in this movie. I felt like Lucy's cat was underrepresented for being her like best. Yeah, she she only showed up twice. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want to, you know, play up the crazy cat lady trope that, uh, you know. But that sort of like Kelly was saying, they should have. We should have gotten the sense that she was her life was in shambles. Yeah, she well, gets she, her Oreo into his milk. She, yeah. yeah, that's the bottom, guys. That was there's there's no dish. Dirt. It just had milk in it. That milk has not been sullied. Yeah, by- exactly. No, I guarantee. No. Well, unless she cleans her cat's food dishes every day in the dishwasher, like she just should not be. She seemed fine enough to dunk. I don't. I don't mean just like wipe it with a paper towel. Like I don't know what type. Of, is I, it weird that I, I didn't I find that gross or disgusting or disgusting? No, I agree with you. Okay, yeah. I, I assume she was hand washing it. Hand washing fine with me at least every day, and I was fine with it because what's going in there besides milk or water? Yeah. In yeah. That okay. Bowl? So for anyone listening, just if Mark or Paul invite you over for dinner, <laughs> nah. <laughs> well, this was. Cats have their own bowls. We don't feed people out of the cat bowls. <laughs> oh, okay. Kelly's on the list, too. <laughs> well, this was the same lady who, e- even given that she has multiple friends in the building, decided to pull a Christmas tree up by a rope through her window <laughs> at, at the beginning of the film. So I feel like she's ma- maybe making choices um, without consulting people or really thinking about Maybe that. she's to blame for her own uh, condition, then. Um <laughs> Yeah, her and her, her, and her well, I think more than anything, that was her just dodging Joey Jr. Yeah, she starts asking for like a man to move something around the building. Oh, yeah. He's gonna go, hey, oh, yeah. I can move her tree. Good point. But she, but she, yeah, can, she, she can handle him. He's senior. She she goes downstairs to give him a present, but she doesn't think to ask, "Hey, can you help me bring this tree upstairs?" Yeah, that's but exactly I mean, I right. Get it. I will like yeah. bend over backwards before like feeling like I'm gonna. I, before I, I feel like I, I might burden someone by asking them a favor. Mm-hmm. So I understand. I'd probably also try it's to pull a tree just up through window. So <laughs> reckless. You're pulling the tree up uh, top first. Yeah. <laughs> you really want to catch yeah. the rope at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. not going to go through the window as easy. It's based on um, that one Joey Sr. scene that we get. I was kind of surprised he didn't come back. Yeah, I want to do more giving people gifts out of my sweaters. That I apparently forgot was in there, right at the surface. That's why your sleeves are so big, just full of presents. And like that's supposed to make us think, oh look how endearing she is. And I'm kind of like, what? Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, so then moving into the questions that precede the pitches, should this movie have a sequel? No. 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 So then, if you're going to do it, which we are, what's the sweet spot, prequel or sequel? Sequel. Okay. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. 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 Nothing interesting to do a prequel with. Just Peter Gallagher walking around saying, like, sure do like not being in a coma. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lucy. Well, Well, there uh, might be some. I have a prequel idea, actually. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, do I? Well, do I go? You certainly can. Proposing, <laughs> let him do it. Well, I I don't know the the title. I thought before you were sleeping, but I hate that. So, 
Um, that how about that, Sal? Maybe, but uh, my Saul. Pre- Saul. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's all. Like it sounds like that's all. But anyway, that's I don't know all. the title. Okay. With, yeah. But it's um, Sal and Saul. Ox. Saul. Sorry, my St. Louis is showing. Sal. Uh, <laughs> Saul and Ox's story of how they oh. became friends, and it would have hijinks and lies as well. Mm-hmm. So Saul works in a deli, uh, cutting meats and such. And then Ox is his humble furniture business guy. And then uh, Midge, right? Yeah, the mom. The mom. Mm -hmm. And whoever Saul's wife was, I don't think he ever brought up her name. Mm -hmm. They're Mm well-to-do women in the 50s, because it would be about the 50s. Mm -hmm. And they are pretty wealthy. So they come in one day to the butcher shop or the deli. And they're like, oh, you know, they're really, uh, Ox and Saul are very taken by these women, and they don't want them to think they're just humble uh, furniture and sandwichmen. <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> so, sandwich artist. Yeah, so they lie that they are like CEOs of Meatland or <laughs> something. Came Might be a little improv. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> A large distribution factory or something, and they're just like they're testing out the store. Mm, yeah, and I can uh, see that. so then the hijinks ensue, ensue of them meeting their parents with like stealing suits and and oh no wait another way you could go was uh, Saul lies and then Ox pretends to be his boss and they oh. go to like a fake office. Yeah, I like that to like entrance the ladies. And then, you know, at the end, the the rich people fall in love with them, much like the mo- movie. And uh, then they reveal they are poor. <laughs> not, <laughs> like, not as well off. This is why Saul has a soft spot for Lucy, see? Sure. He gets it. The lies. And yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Not feeling worthy. I wish we could get Jack Lemmon for this. Mm. To be who? Like, are you like, oh. To be like to like like a, like apartment era Jack Lemon like a young Why Jack Lemon. I'm in make movie before. If, yeah, if you're grabbing <laughs> actors from hey, a listen, bygone hey, era, hey, just use the hey, same actor. I'm not on trial here. <laughs> uh, I also like the idea in that scenario that the women at the end, when the truth comes out, are just like, "Yeah, we know." Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just played uh, along. I thought it made we you thought, feel good. Yeah. Or- yeah. yeah, it could still be around the holidays because they're like going in to get a Christmas ham or something. I don't know. Yep. For my pitch, I'm going to need everyone to get on board with this as a Christmas movie pretty fast because I go pretty I go pretty hard in the paint. All right. As a subplot, if you want, you could flash to uh, Lucy's parents so you could see the mom, see her as a little girl again as like a nice little moment there. But other than that, I think that's everything you could get out of a prequel. Yeah. yeah, they just went, you know, and there's got to be like one ridiculous thing, like a unicycle or fire. One of my my favorite cameos was the uh, paper delivery boy who just ate it on the sidewalk. I, so yeah. he could have he his father <laughs> uh-huh. making a cameo. Yeah, the paper delivery business. Yeah. Is he like the um like yeah. the. Like the W.B. Jones of the, like the manure guy from Back to the Future, just like every time period, there's yeah. just like, it's like a family line who keep falling down. <laughs> they can never um, get their business off the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have, 
a wonderful fun fact about that very delivery boy, that was an accident. Uh, and he went into a coma. They, no, he, he broke his wrist, but... Yeah. Well, which in watching it this time, you it, oh, it hurts. He smokes it, to see. And it. I was just like, oh, yeah. I had that thought of like that was a good stunt. Which of course yeah. you're leaving that in. You know what I mean? If you're just trying to get a shot of the Leverboy and that happens, you're leaving it in. But it's also a nice thing to be able to run up to the poor kid and be like, oh, that was great. Great job. Good news. We're not getting cut from the yeah. movie. <laughs> well, I really like the reuse of the paper boy's dad and he falls too. That's great. But he's on one of those giant front <laughs> wheel. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, moving on uh, into more pitches. We also have one that our mom wanted us to drop. So uh, that just sounded like a joke. Like our mom said we had to pitch this <laughs> one. She's a really huge fan of this movie. She hasn't left it alone since we told her what movie we were doing. So we have to at least give one. Watch the birdie. So in hers, it was, it's modern. Because yeah. our, our, ours are not modern. Hers is a modern sequel. And it's about how Jack has become a furniture mogul and he's busy at work all the time. Mm. And so he is uh, neglecting his marriage to Lucy. So she's all alone again. She's a travel agent now yeah. because she loves to travel. Mm. She's being neglected. She's lonely again. Oh, and then Peter, who has now grown up and been through a few marriages and is actually finally ready to sort of commit to being a better man starts giving her attention. While you were working. That's exactly what yeah. it was. Yes. Our stepdad gave that title while you were working. <laughs> um, and then of That's course, in the good. end, uh, Jack would straighten up and, and fly right. No. Right. Yeah. Right. But she didn't seem to think the it was a problem. Brother shift would kind of be weird. Agr- I agree. That's what we said. Yeah. She but didn't also- think that was weird. Yeah. Also in this movie, there's the whole scene where it's like, you're under the mistletoe, kiss each other. And it's like, why do they have that up in their family home? Well, yeah, (laughs) regardless of that, yeah, I don't know that 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 scene's in there for any reason. It doesn't add anything for any character, including them, who are already building chemistry. But also, why would a family do that? It's insane. And then like stand there and watch them do it. Yeah, they're they're like cultish about it. They're like, do it. Do yeah, it now. Yeah. 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 It's a tradition. Bitch. Yeah. Because that's not like something that could actually be made. Like sure. I'd be like, yeah, I guess that would be a sequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia is huge. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a new save by the sure. bell, so Yeah. Well, Paul, let's keep it uh getzing mm-hmm. and just roll right into yours. Uh, yeah, all right, I'll do mine and as my gift, another gift to you guys as well as the listeners, it's short. I'm so embarrassed. I got the listeners the same thing. (laughs) I'm making a clean start with Lucy. She is... She is... She... What is she? She's... This is about five, six years later. Lucy and Jack are married. They have a daughter, about a five-year-old daughter. Peter's still Peter. Still his bachelor ways. You know, not... Hasn't changed at all. Schmarm. Yeah, schmarm to the max. But an old flame of Peter's comes to him and lets him know that he, too, has a daughter that she never told him about. So sort of changed by this information and having want to be a better man for this daughter, uh, who he 
sort of falls for in, in, you know, in a way that he never expected. Uh, he goes to Jack and Lucy for help in terms of readying himself for being the Peter that they've always wanted him to be and being right at, for the position of fatherhood. And then and that's, and that's your main premise, and it is called While You Were Sleeping Around. Hey. I like that title. Snap. Noise. <laughs> because I feel like at the end of the movie, the one arc not closed is Peter's, which again I like. But there's there's some room there. Yeah, and Joey Junior features heavily at, in oh. whatever way we can get. You know, anyway. yeah. Sure. <laughs> so it's like a buddy flick between yeah. Peter and Joey Junior. Yeah, because jo- uh, let's let's say Joey Junior's married now and also has a kid, so he's coming in Hey-o. as well. Yeah. I was thinking that they, they might just team up as like carousers, you know? Joey sure. Junior trying to learn how to be a carouser, which Peter can help him with. And uh, I don't know what Joey can teach Peter. <laughs> I guess I like that crossover of almost being like Peter is like trying to hand him the keys to my bachelor lifestyle. Here, you oh, know, yeah. I can help you. Yeah, right. maybe, maybe Peter thinks it's a charitable thing to help Joey Jr. That's a yeah. good thing he's doing in society. Yeah. And in the beginning, we can show Peter wanting nothing to do with him, but oh, then yeah. he comes around. I do like it being about Peter softening yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, who, anyone, anyone gonna, would anybody like to go next? Why can't I speak? Uh, Mark and Well, Kelly. we got a bunch of like one-liners. Yeah. We, we don't really have uh, extensive pitches. Got this far. I'll take you the rest of the So, I mean, first, I guess it would just be while you were sleeping again, which is literally anything that happens while Peter is in a coma again. Um, but um, I do like that you're leaning into that title you don't like of like, well, they're gonna, if they're going to be called this. Yeah. And it, really just, it pays off in the same way, right? Because how yeah. did it happen just while Peter was asleep? Yeah. Um, or it could be like a 24 style action feature where. Peter just bookends it by going to bed and then there's some horrible like kidnapping that happens and they have to, they have to get through it. And it's like over the course of eight hours. And then Peter just kind of bookends it by waking up at the end and <laughs> having some involvement and they don't necessarily mention it, but, yeah. but because the action takes place while he was sleeping, the title scans and that's the best part. I, I like that your that pitch sounds to me sort of like the scary movie gag that like it, every movie ends with someone getting hit by a bus. Now we're just pitching any sequel. It's just also Peter Gallagher. <laughs> it's a up. totally separate <laughs> cast outside. Of, Peter yeah. Hey, I, I like I like creating a universe. So you know, it's very hot these days. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, so the other one we had was riffing off of the final line where she's like, he gave me the best gift, a stamp in my passport. And mm-hmm. it opens on her saying that same thing. He gave me the best gift, a stamp in my passport. And I don't remember anything. And mm-hmm. in her trip to Florence, she has, she either has like amnesia or narcolepsy. <laughs> Because it happened while she was sleeping. And it's a, it's a rom-com about Jack kind of having to uh, get her memory back about why she loves him. Sort of like um, a 51st date type of scenario. Yeah, and, and hopefully Florence. this takes place in Florence. 
Um, and she keeps looking at this passport and she's like, I have this stamp in my passport, but maybe she thinks she's been kidnapped or maybe she just doesn't remember the times they've had Joey juniors in it because he's Italian. Um, (laughs) he's in Florence. How about this? We get that actor back. Uh, and he just plays different people in Italy, like yeah. everywhere they go. And then, oh, I'm a Giannino Junior. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, those were those were great. This voting process is going to be a nightmare. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't like, I don't dislike any of these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren, did you want to tell everyone what your pitch was? Okay. <laughs> wow, you picked this movie, Lauren, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm just embarrassed because it was one of Mark and Kelly's pictures. Oh. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> now, all right, what about the other thing? Lucy and Jack have been happily married for 10 years when she gets into a car accident and it puts her in a coma. Mm-hmm. A couple days later, Jack and the family are, cra- are called to the hospital. Lucy is awake, but she doesn't remember Jack or her family. Um, doc- Dr. Trick and Men Jack patiently reintroduce Lucy's life to her in, like, you know, small doses, try to see if she can uh, get any of her memory back. Nothing seems to be jogging Lucy's memory, but she does get on well with the Callahans and, and Jack, and she falls in love with them all over again. Aww. But wait! Lucy wakes up from the coma for real. Oh. And it's all that Wow. Jack is sitting by her bedside and she's like, Oh, Jack, I just fell in love with you all over again. Oh, Lucy, while I was sleeping. Oh. <laughs> it's very, very nice. And that's the title, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you missed it. No, I heard. Well, I like, I love it. I also, what I love about that pitch, uh, and that general premise both times is that probably this would have come out before Adam Sandler got a chance to do it. And so he wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like for the record, I do like Adam Sandler uh, stuff. If he does, cause he'll listen to this podcast. Are you, are you in oh, it, Mark? I, uh, not yet. Adam. Oh. so mine um would you want to see dustin hoffman save the alamo what my what my movie what we're gonna have to assume from the first movie for my pitch is that that ending l train just married thing is like a year later okay because i'm putting them on their honeymoon and i want it to be a christmas movie so it's christmas eve Mm. So they've gotten married. They've done a sort of European Euro rail, Euro rail tour of Europe, ending in Florence on Christmas Eve, <clears throat> which has um, caused a small wrinkle with the family because it's the first holidays since the coma and they're not all together. But, you know, Sandra wants to travel. Jack is sensitive to that. So they travel. They're having a great time. Um, so she's got a little bit of the, the, the wanderlust um, and is not super jazzed to return home. He, of course, has his new exciting business venture he's interested in. So he's he's willing to travel, but you can't build and move. So I, I'm not going to, like, mess with their relationship, but they're kind of, like, scraping up against the family a little bit. So Christmas Eve, Lucy goes out onto her balcony. They've rented, like, a really nice little country villa um, overlooking Florence so she can go out on the at, at night and look at her little snow globe, and it looks just like Florence. Florence. While she's out there, she sees Santa's sleigh, uh, and it's coming in closer and closer and it's coming right for them. 
something's a little wrong. It's coming in too hot. It kind of crashes. Mm-hmm. Bump, bump, bump. Oh, she runs over to Santa. She's feeling all kinds of things. <laughs> um, Santa steps out. It's Saul. Oh. Saul is Santa. He has been secretly this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was coming to give, give her 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 Christmas gift, but now he's, he's oops, he kind of, oh, he hurt his arm a little bit. He can't quite, he can't be Santa now because he's hurt. He's hurt. He's not like hurt, hurt, but he can't be Santa. So he's like, Lucy, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go deliver all the presents. And she's like, how am I supposed to deliver presents to the whole world? And he's like, Lucy, it's not the whole world. Not everyone believes, celebrates Christmas. Every, not everyone believes in Santa. It's only like a few hundred million people. And I've already done a few hundred million because I was out all mm-hmm. night. So she's like, I, oh boy, I can't do this alone. So she gets Jack and they leave Saul in the Florence Villa. And he's just like, we're going to cut back and it's going to be cute. Cause you know, we're going to do a lot of like him in the bubble bath with the cigar, him watching cable. It's his first Christmas off in a while. <laughs> and he's like, you gotta be back by sunup. Cause the rule is if you spill the beans on who Santa is, you gotta be Santa. That's how you ended up with a Jewish Santa. <laughs> so best of luck kids get on out. <laughs> They go out, you know, the reindeer know the way to go, but they're kind of bad at being Santa and Sandra Bullock's being all cute and Sandra Bullock about it. And they're delivering presents. And in the background of this, they're kind of like buttonheads a little bit. She keeps pointing out all the cool exotic places they're traveling. And he keeps trying to point out like how much, how nice it is all the families are together, you know, and then they're kind of like passive aggressively sort of like trying to figure out what their future will be once literally the honeymoon is over. Um, it's all mostly going to come to a head when they they got to give presents to Chicago, right? So that's where we're going to get to see a lot of our old characters and have some fun interactions while they're kind of trying to like not give up the ghost that they are, <laughs> you know, be, replacing Santa. And then I I, I don't know I, I haven't quite worked out the the fine tuning finessing of the third act, but <laughs> surprisingly, um, <clears throat> but what, what the place we're going to end up at is. Lucy and Jack are going to become the new Santa Claus pair. Uh, He's going to be in charge of making all the toys in the workshop because that's his deal. And she's going to be, you know, in charge of all of the the traveling stuff. And Saul is going to take a more of a backseat managerial role. He's been Santa for a while, so he's really looking forward to taking some time off. And uh, and that's it's going to be called While You Were Sleeping all snug in your bed. Ah. Mm-hmm. 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 And then, Travis, that was not short. It wasn't that long, though. <laughs> well, neither of those were coming I, oh. I, I looked this up uh, as soon as you started, Travis. Santa Claus came out in 94, so a year before the first one. So, unfortunately, it wouldn't be an undoing like the 51st Dates thing. Uh, mm. But, you know, there's room for a Deep Impact so- Armageddon type of summer guys how how does this alternate title hit y'all because i pitched it and travis was not impressed i thought it was at least okay saul you were sleeping oh that was uh what i picked for her stall prequel also so nice yeah (laughs) i I like i like saying it Saul, you were sleeping (laughs) i don't like that as to the cause of his accident yeah, oh. <laughs> I think it should be Adam Sandler runs in from off screen yeah. and goes, "Oh, you were sleeping." <laughs> I appreciate Travis that you've turned this officially for sure into a Christmas franchise for this Christmas yeah. episode. That was very well. Yeah, true. Yeah, 
All right. Well, yeah, this voting is going to be a mess. Are any titles to any of us individually standing out as as the winner? Was there a particularly interesting or thought out pitch that's very on brand for the season or something that's jumping out at anybody? Or, huh? I, I'm, I must say, uh, I'm a little enamored of the prequel idea, actually. Uh, and I didn't expect to be, but the more you talked about it, I started to fall more in love with the idea. I see Fra- Travis Freeze framed shaking his head at me. Well, I was just going to say, it's not the first Lauren I've lost to on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get more, well, not anymore, rest in peace, but more Peter Boyle. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. And Jack Warden. I'm happy to have both of them. Yeah. Um, although, I guess, didn't we recast it to Jack Lemon? <laughs> uh, oh. Travis. Yeah. There were some interesting ideas. In the <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the prequel idea because I had completely dismissed the idea of a prequel. So I like that you made it work. That was impressive. And ties it into what is really the thing of like the idea that, that, uh, that somehow it is about this family and people becoming a part of it. That's soul. Oh, that's soul. Oh, right. I didn't yeah. like that one, yeah. but it was but we can- before <laughs> you were sleeping. <clears throat> The yeah. problem is no one's sleeping in this in this uh, prequel. Well, he if, if it starts with him telling the story to Peter, before you had that coma, <laughs> and also before a lot of other things happened. <laughs> That's when I was a put. So how are we... Well, okay, um, so they both said, that solved. My vote is for while I was sleeping, the LP joint. And I'm sorry to pick it over your 51st date's style romp it was more the specific the specifics oh you mean wait 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 I over don't know. ours yeah over your same pitch oh ours were terrible oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i assume we're still operating under the new you can't vote for yourself rule <laughs> it's christmas so let's say no, no it's fine i yeah. just i just want to make sure because i want to make sure we're adhering to the new don't vote for yourself rule as well as the old don't vote for travis rule <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and yeah, I'm gonna also vote for um, you know the prequel. I want to see the screwball comedy. Holy cat! Yeah, well, well, well. Yeah, I I want to be a little different. Well, I I do like other Lauren's uh, pitch. Sorry, uh, Lauren one. I'll be Lauren two. Oh, uh, uh, it, I thought that was great. Um, but I did like. I don't. I, I'm gonna vote for Lauren's. But I did really enjoy yours, Travis. It took me on a magical ride. What I'll say about yours, Travis, uh, <laughs> is that I was I fell off board right away. But, <laughs> but I fell out right away. But then when you said it was Saul, yeah, I, I lit. It was like I pictured myself jumping off out of a car, <laughs> and then. And then when I heard, when I saw it was, heard it was Saul, I looked up after the car, but then I laid back down. So okay. you had me, uh, you know, you got, you got me back for, for a, a second. second. Uh, yeah. it's, well, like, uh, my pitch didn't do that so much as just Saul. It just sounds like you just like Saul. Like Saul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like adding magic to Saul because I think it, he might as well be magic. In that right. One. Yeah, if he's going to be know. a jerk, he might as well be a magic. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring the boss with him. It's not that I'm a jerk; it's just that I'm magic. Uh, I'm going to vote for the prequel as well. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you.
I believe you would. Um, <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Merry Christmas to Saul. <laughs> Saul, a good night. Boom, there you go. Oh, nice. Oh, very nice. All right, well, let's do unsung heroes and then we can get, get to wrapping it up. Hit it, Paul Jr. Unsung heroes. I want to go first. Okay. Um, okay. Martin Kelly, did you, did you have some, or are you aware of this? Do I need, should I explain? Some heroes of the movies? Of yes. Movies? Definitely the, the paper delivery oh. boy. Oh, yeah, sure. For yeah. sure. And, sure. uh, I like, I like the hot dog slinger. Oh yeah. <laughs> you never he's constantly just getting razzed by like, he's just very bad at remembering people and they all have the usual and he's just, you know, he's an angry Chicago hot dog person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lauren, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to help them cut in line. I was just double checking. I'm sorry. That's what it feels like to lose, by the way. Oh, I got scooped twice this episode. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> uh, also, the paper del- delivery boy. Oh, okay. No, nobody else? Okay. Because I. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> I thought this movie was the most full of unsung heroes of anything we've done. I, I, mine was just uh, the, the, the camera. The camera with that the white stick. Yeah. Yeah. That was flashy camera. Yeah, there wasn't anything specific said about it, but I do remember Lauren saying, Look at that camera. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of non um, human unsung heroes like the camera, uh, my non human one was Peter's outgoing message, which was like, Hey, this is Callahan. <laughs> Leave a message after the beep. Ciao. <laughs> That's a beaut right there. And then, boy, I gotta, uh, I gotta pick one because there's two. I liked the guy at church that was like, "Can you keep it down? You're disrupting the mass." He was hilarious. Oh, the adorable doorman, the oh, stuttering yeah. doorman. I felt so bad for him. Um, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't know. You've got another. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. when when Peter's having the discussion with his. Uh, Actual, maybe fiance. Yeah, yeah. fiance. It's the guy who's in the hospital bed next to him. Yeah, his uh, his roommate. Yeah, his roommate. Oh yeah. I love that they theoretically have a friendship and that he understands. Like, uh, you know, when he chimes in with like, "Oh, it's in Paris." Yeah. Yeah. What about the doctor that like Peter is talking to himself and then he's like, "Whatever." Yeah, man, hands him the box. Oh, the orderly. Yeah, the orderly. Earlier in the movie, yeah. he he goes something about your husband. He's not my husband. Sorry, yeah. fiance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pretty sung. He shows up a couple times. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I the cop at the beginning that the nurse oh. who makes the mistake says that's his fiance, and he like goes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I also like there's a nurse that at some oh when they're giving blood. And she says, like, sit here and sip this or you'll get wuzzy. Wuzzy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm inanimate objects that we were kind of like, what? Uh, the the doggy poopy that he steps in when they're, they're like, it's like that overhead shot yep. of her, like, by the river, by the Chicago River. And she's like, uh-huh. well, yeah. doggy poopy or whatever she's saying. We're like. She definitely says doggy poopy. Uh, or like, yeah. oh no! <laughs> Why did he fall in love with her? <laughs> <laughs> this movie had a lot of great little character actors in it, which I really appreciated. Really added to the because mm-hmm. you have so many characters already 
to love. So that was that was a nice addition. Yeah. All right. Well, wonderful. We uh, cooked that Christmas turkey right up. Thank you so much for all of your wonderful ideas. This was a blast. Uh, does anybody have anything they'd like to plug before we wrap it up? Well, I mean, Theater of Tomorrow seems like it should get a big plug right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hotel as well. For anyone who is not into Christmas uh, and Jones in for some Halloween, there's plenty of Halloween to be had in the Theater of Tomorrow back catalog. So if you want some holiday, just not this one, go back and take a listen. And in case it needs to be explained why we're talking about Theater of Tomorrow more than we usually do, it is because Mark is the co-creator alongside Travis and Kelly and Mark are the stars of the show, basically. I mean, they... They, they rock it out in, all, you know, every every single one. They're so uh, good. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Cute. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I have an Etsy shop. <laughs> uh, I make custom Funkos. Pop that Funko. <laughs> to, really, to really gift it up this, uh, this holiday season, go to Lauren's Etsy shop, get some Funko Pops, and then you can head to my Etsy shop, which is Curious by Kelly, for a card. So you can explain why you chose that custom Funko Pop. Perfect. Perfect pairing. Move over milk and cookies. In case anyone was wondering why Kelly had such strong opinions about Sandra Bullock's wedding invitation. (laughs) (laughs) On the next follow-up showdown. The movie we'll be focusing on today is 1997's Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. Joining us will be none other than my neighbors, Jason Pugh and Sierra Green. I was thinking this whole thing. I was like, wow, Beast is like such a dick. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I don't know if we use profanity on your podcast. I mean, it is um, Christmas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,